coming to get you, Barbara. I am Dracula. Red rum! Red rum! You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Dinosaur ain't no dinosaur. This is Darnish Horror Month. We all go a little mad sometimes. I really thought I was going to die my whole life. Hello, and welcome to Film Church Radio, the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday, I'm Brandon. I'm Lewis. And we're here to talk about movies. Each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for both of us to watch and discuss. And this week, I picked a film from this year, Bo is Afraid, directed by Ari Aster and starring Joaquin Phoenix. Of course, it's October. So we're continuing our Darnish Darn Horror, horror month, month, uh, where we've been just watching horror movies, horror classics, whatever horror films we've been wanting to watch. Um, only one more left after this. Uh, I decided to pick um, Bo is Afraid because Ari Aster is awesome. Of course, the director of Hereditary and Midsummer, And then this film came out earlier this year. I was going to pick the A24 film Lamb, but I decided to pick this one because my cousin Seth was, he he was a fan of both. He was saying I should watch both. But I was like, which one's better though? And he said Bo is afraid. So I'm glad I picked it. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, stay tuned for that. But first, uh, we want to thank everybody who has been listening to the show and sharing their love. Uh Please share it with your friends. Um, you can tell them to go to filmchurchradio.com and find whatever podcast platform they want to listen to. Next week is uh, episode 100. Whoa. That's kind of crazy. Did you ever think we would get here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm positive. Just, just not so soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it did seem a long way away when we were sitting in that cafe downtown. Yeah. yeah. Plano talking about it. Yeah. Um but yeah, thanks everybody for for being here. We appreciate y'all. Um before we discuss a film, we're going to talk about other movies we've been watching this week. This is our hymn section kind of like hymns before the sermon or trailers before the feature. Whatever um Whatever way you like your film church. <laughs> Which, whichever is more important to you, the film or the church. Um, yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me, Lewis. Yeah. What's up, my dude? What's up, my dude? <laughs> what you been watching? I've been watching more horror films because this is the month. Um, and I think we talked about it last week. I just, I don't feel like I watch a lot of horror outside of October. Like, I'm not a big, you know, watch everything that comes out of this horror film, I guess. Yeah. So I use this time to really kind of comb back through and watch anything that I've missed or anything that I've really enjoyed that I wanted to go back and watch again. Um, yeah. So the first thing I watched is called Dead of Night from 1945, um, an anthology film very similar to, like, Creepshow that we did last year. Okay. Um, but from England. And part of it is directed by Basil Didden, who I've watched quite a few of his films in the last couple of years. 
yeah. um, talked heavily by Edgar Wright and Tarantino when they did, when they did their like British director chat. Yeah, um, that's really cool. Um, and this is, I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say that was like a list that Martin Scorsese had given them, right? That's right. Yeah. So they were taking it off, and Basil did, and kind of showed up again and again and again. Yeah. Um, which was cool. Um, so he directs part of this. Um, yeah, and it's really, it's you know, it's infamous really for like the last segment, um, which is about a ventriloquist and his dummy, um, and he's everyone thinks he's crazy, but is he? Is the ventriloquist dummy actually alive and talking to him? I don't uh-huh. know. Um, which is really cool. But the other ones are really good too. This, but like, it's it's one of those where it's more of um, people telling stories that are like really unsettling i guess yeah. you know like there's a a girl that plays hide and seek and then comes across a little boy and they're like he's been dead for 100 years you know <laughs> it's that kind of like yeah you know like ghost stories by night kind of thing yeah. um but it's like an hour and a half it's really fun there's like you know with anthologies the good thing is it keeps moving you know as soon as that story's over it's like onto another one you know yeah um and there's a really cr- um cool like framing device so to keep all these in um in line and kind of continuous it, it makes sense so that was really fun and i can remember watching it when i was at university i can't remember much about it then um so i wanted to go back and watch it again and i gave it four out of five i think it's really good it's it's like a good film to show like probably like on halloween night because it's just yeah. like creepy stories you know yeah um it's not kind of everyone being murdered slasher right thing. Yeah. Which is good. It's like a fun, fun yeah. sitting around the campfire. Yeah. Horror stories. comes in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. Um, and then I rewatched The Fog, which, again, we talked about last year. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to go back and watch it. I, I think that I enjoyed it more than you when we watched it the first time. Yeah. Um, and I watched a junk. I watched Christine. From John Carpenter for last week. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of rekindled this, like, oh, yeah, I want to go back and watch that again. Um, I bumped it up. I put it up to four and a half stars now. Wow. Yeah. Um, what do you think it I, is? I just love it, dude. Yeah. I just think it's, like, just a really cool, atmospheric, like, small horror, you know, thing. I really like the the background to it and the 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 Christian element and all that kind of stuff that's really yeah. cool. Um, it just looks great. Yeah, you know when the fog's rolling and stuff, it just looks awesome. Um, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Jamie Lee, or not wait, Janet? Yeah, Janet Lee. Yeah, yeah, Janet Lee mm-hmm. and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, on screen for together for maybe like three minutes. Yeah, but it's <laughs> worth it. Um, and I think that now that I'm into carpenter's kind of filmmaking and the fun aspects to it i'm just like all these films just are like thumbs up from me you know i'm just like enjoying them all i'm not looking at them too much and um and yeah so i mean that was originally i think it was what three and a half so i bumped up a whole star which which is great yeah i love doing that it's um something that i think i'm going to revisit quite often so nice cool yeah yeah, dude. And that was that was pretty much it. Cool. Bits and bobs. What about you? What have you been watching? 
Um, I haven't been watching a ton of horror movies. I have a couple in here, but um, yeah, I watched a few things. Uh, one was Damsels in Distress from 2011. It's got Greta Gerwig in it. Have you ever seen it? I haven't. I've heard. I think it's one of the ones that has passed me by. Yeah, from it's Gerwig. pretty good. It uh, The first half of it, I really enjoyed a lot, and then the rest of it, I was just like felt like it dragged on a little bit but, yeah um it's uh it's a fun watch it's like about this group of girls who kind of run like a suicide prevention thing at uh at a university yeah but it's all it's all very gossipy and like i don't know it feels almost like you're watching something like pride and prejudice set in modern times the way that the dialogue mm. is and stuff, or like the way that people just are like gossiping about and talking about other people all yeah. the time. Um, but it has a lot of people you would recognize, like people who are huge now, you know, mm. they were just kind of still on their way up in 2011. Yeah. You know, like Greta Gerwig. Um, mm-hmm. Who else is in it? It's got... Uh, um. Why am I blanking on her name? Uh, April from Parks and Rec. Oh, Ride. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza. Uh, anyway, just, you know, lots of, like, yeah. people like that that you're like, oh, this person is in it. Oh, yeah. this person. Anyway, uh, so it's a lot of fun. Um, and then I finally watched Trainwreck. Yeah. Uh, Bill Hader and Amy Wilson. In preparation for today. yeah i know yeah um yeah bill Hader and amy schumer um amy schumer wrote it judd apatow directed it and my girlfriend sarah had been telling me it was good for a while and i mean i always liked judd apatow so i figured it was good but finally got around to watching it Mm. and i really enjoyed it i gave it four out of five yeah uh and yeah i don't know it's like this as i was watching it i was like almost kind of resistant to it a little bit because Mm. and i don't know if i don't know if my thoughts on amy schumer are my own (laughs) Mm. like it's like do i do i think she's terrible or have i just been told she's (laughs) terrible by everyone and so yeah. I'm automatically yeah. leaning that way. Um, I think that it's just, I mean, for me, it was a bit that got old really fast. Like, I really enjoyed, like, her TV show, the Inside Amy Schumer stuff. That was really funny. Yeah. And then I liked this a lot. And then the next film, I Feel Pretty, is an abomination. Nah. Yeah. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, I think that... As a culture, we probably grew out of the like, I'm ugly, but I like sex. Yeah, for sure. Thing that was just like, <laughs> what? But also, <laughs> she's not ugly. No, exactly. She's no, exactly. not heavy. No. No. It's just Ex- kind of yeah. silly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, very silly. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, and I guess, like, 
you know, I mean, part of that is society, I guess, and her mm-hmm. leaning into how society sees her. But I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't need, like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I guess I want to see her be empowered and not self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, because, yeah, it's like, if she thinks that she's chubby and ugly, then other people must agree with her. Yeah. I, you know, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of silly. But the movie's really good. You know, mm-hmm. and and she doesn't seem seem to be around a ton anymore. No, um, not, not mainstream. I mean, I'm sure she's still doing a lot of stand up, but yeah. Um. Anyway, Judd Apatow. Yeah, I I, I remember liking it a lot when it came out. Yeah, hoping and, that it would like usher in a new X rated comedy. Yeah. Era, but it's nearly ten years ago. Yeah, and. I mean, Bill Hader has skyrocketed since then. Yeah, yeah. He's still on his mm-hmm. way up. Yeah, dude. That boy's going places. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I rewatched Gone Girl. Five yeah. out of five, dude. God, that movie mm-hmm. is so good. So good. Can't wait for Fincher's next film. Yeah. What is it? Coming out, coming out soon. The Killer, it's called, with Michael Fassbender. Mm, yeah. He's doing the festival circuit at the moment. So that's right. Hopefully in time for Oscars, baby. Um and then I also rewatched The Accountant with Ben Affleck. Mm. Um Sarah hadn't seen it and uh I figured she would enjoy it. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. I mean I forgot about the twist at the end, um which is a little I don't know. The the twist at the end isn't bad. It's just like it is weird that in American movies we're just so desensitized to violence. Yeah. To to the point where like intimate family moments are fine to have while you're murdering people. Mm-hmm. Especially in the context of like these aren't uh, like they're just killing bad guys. It's fine, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't think the majority of people are even aware of it. Yeah. yeah. Because we're so desensitized. Um, so it's a little that part of it. I think I'm just looking at everything through that lens now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because once you once you're aware of it, you can't help but notice it everywhere. Yeah, I think you know. I don't know. We just like celebrate violence. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. I can remember watching this. Well, I can't. That was this was going to be my whole point. I've got it logged, and I vaguely remember kind of him in a suit in like a room. Um. But the twist, I can't remember. Yeah. And I don't think I liked it very much. Yeah. I mean, it's a good, like, action thriller. <clears throat> it's 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Affleck gives a different performance than he normally does. Because um, he's, like, this math genius who's, like, on the yeah. spectrum. But he also... Murders. 
murders people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know you kind of. Yeah. It's just it's not done terribly though. I mean, it's also got John Bernthal on it. He's awesome. Yeah. Like John um, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you like Ben Affleck, you'll probably like this movie. Um, I rewatched The Exorcist, and I think, I mean, I I regave it a five out of five, but I think I watched the theatrical version this time, and the first time yeah. I saw it, I saw like the extended cut. I think I prefer the extended cut. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Um. That was probably the only the second time I've watched it, so I might have to watch it a few more times. But yeah, it's a classic, S- super freaky, yeah, amazing performances. Um, yeah, yeah. can't believe it's fifty years old. That is kind of crazy. Yeah, a lot of things turn in fifty. I know. Don't look now. That was also the same year. Yeah, what a year for horror. Yeah, someone should write a book about it. Um, that sounded very passive aggressive. No, I, to my knowledge, nobody's written a book about it. <laughs> they didn't pit me to the post. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe you could write a book about it. Maybe, yeah. Um, and then I also rewatched Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Have you ever mm. seen that? I haven't. It's pretty good. It's uh from 2010, and. It, it's it's good. It's decent. I just yeah. I kind of want like they had a cool idea going. I just wanted them to kind of go a different direction with it because yeah. it's basically it's basically like a horror trope movie about you know a group of teenagers going to a cabin in the woods, and before they get to the cabin, they see these two like hillbilly guys at the gas station, and everything that the hillbillies do is like uh taken out of context like they are taken the wrong way because they're just Mm -hmm. like a couple of regular dudes and but they think that they're like killers or whatever Mm -hmm. so everything that happens to them they think it's like these two guys trying to kill them right yeah uh but then you see from their perspective that they're just trying to be friendly and (laughs) <laughs> you know, help them out or whatever. Yeah. Um, like when the first girl gets hurt, they're like, they're like skinny dipping out in the lake at night. And then the two guys are over there fishing and they see this girl like fall off a rock into the water and then she doesn't come up. So they're like, Oh, we got to go help her. And then yeah. they're, they like pull her out of the water and everybody else sees them pulling her out of the water. And they're like, Oh my God, they murdered her. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is great. Like, yeah. But then the movie does this thing where they, it kind of flip flops, and like one of the teenagers is like crazy and becomes a villain, and then the two hillbillies just kind of like help this one girl, mm-hmm. and then it leads to this climax at the end where they're just fighting the bad guy. And I, I'm, I kind of just like want, like to me the. And it's not a bad movie. It's still a great movie to watch. But yeah. to me, the more interesting idea would have been like, well, take that all of the way. Like yeah. basically make a regular horror, like because they ended up making a regular horror movie anyway with mm. what they did with the characters. But like do it where 
you go all the way to the end, yeah. but you just keep showing from the bad guy's perspective that people just don't understand that he's not trying to kill them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then at mm-hmm. the end, they kill him, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just want that idea to like go to be seen through all of the way, mm-hmm. and it just kind of starts out with that interesting idea, and then the movie kind of completely changes. Yeah. Um, but it's still fun. Still fun and funny. Comedy horror. Um, which is comedy horror is kind of also what we're talking about today. Seamless. Beautiful. With our feature presentation. Bo is Afraid 2023. From his darkest fears comes the greatest adventure. A paranoid man embarks on an epic odyssey to get home to his mother. Um, yeah, Bo is afraid. He's very, very afraid. He is. (laughs) Um, lived up to the title, I think. Yeah. So, what were you anticipating going into this movie and how did you feel coming out i think that's the thing with ariasta right you never quite know what you're going to get when you go in i can remember going to see hereditary in the cinema i'd seen like the trailers and stuff and the the greatest thing about that film is that the the hype had been built around something that is taken off the table at around 30 45 minutes yeah i'm trying not to give spoilers away in case people haven't seen it um and then after that you are left on such an uneven footing you have no idea where it's gonna go yeah um midsummer it took me a while to see it i didn't kind of jump on with the hype train um watched it kind of a lot later i think just last year um i i don't think i'm as hot on it as like everybody is like i enjoyed it I think that um, the lead performance is really good um, from Florence Pugh, um, but not like one of the best, greatest films ever, you know. Yeah. Um, so going into this, I was I, I I didn't quite know what to expect at all, <clears throat> whether it's going to be you know like a full on horror or not, um, and I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still yeah. like yeah. Um, you know, um, I like, I think it's the first 30, 45 minutes of it was really, really good. Yeah. Um, I could tell how tense I was because I was listening to my headphones on and my dog jumped onto my bed when I was watching it and it made me jump. I was so like, <laughs> tense watching it yeah. and it was about yeah. half an hour in. Um, but then it seemed to, it was very similar to like <laughs> like a water hose. The longer it kept going and the more the pressure was turned up, the more wild it became and uh-huh. more unruly. And I think that it started to lose me a little bit. Mm, yeah. Um, what about you? I freaking loved it. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, similar situation to you in, in that like 30 minutes in, or maybe it was like 20 minutes in, I was like, yeah. I noticed like that it hadn't been that long and we still had 
you know, two over two hours left. Yeah. And I was just like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like this is there's so much that's happened already. And yeah. it's so intensely insane already. Like, like what's next? Um and then so like just to skip ahead a little bit like i i think i i think i'm going to really enjoy watching this movie a few more times because i think towards the end i really got it um yeah when he's uh when he's in the house with his mother and his mother's just like scream there's like that scene i mean all the scenes go on for a really long time but you know his mother is just like constantly saying all this stuff to him and there's a point where she like you know is just screaming at him and she points at the wall at her mother yeah <laughs> there's like this painting of her mother on the wall that is so ridiculous and mm-hmm. hilarious um that i busted out laughing and i was just like i mean i had a feeling the whole movie was supposed to be kind of funny yeah. but at that point i was like oh, okay like I really, I probably could be laughing at this whole thing, you know, and um, the movie is very unsettling in a very Ari Aster way, Yeah, but it's also just ridiculous, Yeah, the whole thing, and like, um, I'm sure that different people can relate to this movie in different ways. For me personally, like as someone who has like struggled with anxiety and panic attacks the last few years and, you know, actively trying to work on it and, and, uh, manage those things. Um, the movie to me felt like, Oh, this is like, this is like all of my intrusive thoughts. This is like, this and this is how ridiculous it is. Like this is like someone t- like being like, "Hey, mm. you're being ridiculous." Like look at how ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's not that crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um and for people who don't know what it's like to have like a full-on panic attack, I feel like this movie I I this movie is a good description of that. I don't know if that's what he was going for, but like, yeah, it's not like, uh, I mean, there's times where, where, you know, your body freaks out and the response is n- normal. Yeah. You know, your body freaking out in like, uh, you know, if you have a car crash or you're in like a environment where something crazy is happening, happening, like if someone's actually trying to murder you or, you know, you're in an intense situation, if you're re- if you're panicking, that's kind of normal, right? Because your body is knows that something is wrong. Yeah. But like sometimes that will happen when you're just doing everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. You're just like going to pick up some milk at the grocery store or you know whatever you're not doing anything crazy but your body is like oh my god we're jumping off a cliff right now you know like um and so the movie kind of it felt like that to me as uh, in terms of like this this isn't all happening around him 
which it could also be representative of like schizophrenia or something like, you know, Um, but to me, it wasn't like this is all actually happening around him. This is just how he feels constantly. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure the movie. I don't know. It could be interpreted in a lot of different ways, but I don't know. I really feel like this is like it felt very Kubrick to me. Um, and then, and the fact that this movie hasn't gotten more hype and I don't know, done better, um, kind of reiterates, I don't know, like, I guess, I guess a lot of Kubrick's films were successful, um, except for like, um, the, uh, Victorian one. Gosh, why can't I remember anything today? Um, Barry Lyndon. Yeah. Barry Lyndon. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I I really think that this movie is going to live on for a while and kind of get bigger as it goes. Yeah. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is incredible in the movie. I don't know if this would have worked with anyone else because... You, I, I feel like you could very easily get annoyed with a character like this almost. Um, yeah. But he brings so much humanity to it. Mm. You just really want him to be okay. You know? Yeah. Um, I did find him rather annoying. Really? <laughs> yeah. But see, you don't like Joaquin Phoenix as much, I don't think. No, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm as a, a, a bigger fan of his recent work i don't think you know um yeah because i didn't really like joker yeah but i still find him intriguing as an actor because i still you know napoleon is like one of my most anticipated i'm looking forward to that yeah um there's other stuff i don't i i maybe there is some like hostility towards him there as well in this but like after about two hours they kind of what like just was like, come on, like <laughs> just go with it, you know. Just yeah. I don't know, get some grasp of what is happening. Yeah, because um, it's just the you know the soft spoken shuffling that just after a while started to kind of really great. Yeah, on me. Yeah. Yes. Somebody needs attention. <laughs> um, it's the cat. In case you couldn't. <laughs> um yeah i don't know man like to me it was uh i didn't get annoyed with him because the movie was was representing him as uh someone who had been through a lot of trauma you know yeah and you yeah. can't you can't really like blame someone for their responses to that, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like um I mean when your dad's a giant penis, you're gonna be pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but like, you know, it, it it's true. Uh like but it's like it's trauma inflicted on him by his mother yeah you know? yeah and to me the movie was 
I mean, there's movies out there that that are about the paranoia of parenting and, you know, yeah. the, you know, repre- representing what parents go through trying to raise a good child and stuff. Yeah. This movie is not about that. No. This movie has no room for parents to have an excuse or to it, it doesn't represent because I feel like I know a lot of parents like this is what I'm saying. I feel like mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of parenting where it's just the parents are just so, so hard on their kids. Yeah. Uh, and it creates such paranoia in the child all the way through adulthood. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of adults with anxiety it comes from, you know, wanting to live up to their parents' expectation in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just like, well, like I, I, I went to, when I went to see uh, a doctor a couple of years ago, just for like a normal checkup. And I, you know, was talking to him about my anxiety. Um, he was, he was telling me that, uh, it's a lot more common in people of color because of how hard their parents are on them, especially in America to like succeed and like make it and stuff. Um, I don't know. I just, Mm. I really felt, I really felt like this movie as ridiculous and as like, otherworldly and as it almost in some ways feels like an, a movie that's like Alice in Wonderland where you follow yeah. this character into this tunnel and you're just yeah. in this other world the whole time even though it feels otherworldly like that it captures a lot of truths yeah yeah I agree I think that normally you know as we've kind of said the my Dis- uh, suspended my like disbelief is kind of what I have an issue with, you know. That's why Lynch is yeah. always tough for me to access because it's so dreamlike. Yeah, like you know, I, I do like narrative, but for this, it was the opposite. I feel like the more dreamlike states, I was really excited by. You know, when he when it's like the play <clears throat> and yeah. he's kind of seeing his life play out. I thought that was ingenious. I, I really love that part. Um. I think every th- the other bits that weren't that were kind of helping the story seemed to be just you know being laid on really thick, um, mm. and I think it's maybe maybe the fact that you know Midsummer and Hereditary did so well that this was like a bit of a blank check movie, and yeah. that he could do whatever he wanted, and maybe he just needs someone to be like you know reining him back in a little bit, and just being like, okay, what are you trying to say? Because this is a lot. <laughs> And, yeah, and, you know that does work for people. I get it does, but you know, for me, I feel there's a lot of lot of stuff here that was just not needed. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I I think this is like gonna be his vertigo. I think this mm. is gonna be the film that means the most to him as a director, and it's probably gonna yeah. be talked about the most because, well, for one, I read that this was a film. Like he's been he's been wanting to make this since before Hereditary, mm. 
but kind of had to build up to that point where, yeah, he could get that big check yeah. for it. Um, and if he had done it before Hereditary, you know, it would not have been the same. Like, he wouldn't have gotten Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and... Yeah, like... I I think that the success of the movie has more to do with the marketing to me because I don't know. I feel like there's no like, well, for one thing, like I didn't see a trailer for this movie until like February of this year and it came out a couple of months later. Like there wasn't enough time to build hype around it, I think. Mm, Yeah. You know, it seems like, I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but like I, I feel... I mean, you like you were talking about Hereditary earlier and the way that they mislead you with the trailer of that. Yeah. Uh, and horror movies are in huge demand right now. <laughs> you know, there's easily a way that this film, I feel like, could have been cut into a trailer to look more like a traditional horror movie to get people in the theater. Yeah. And then once you got them, you know, it's up to them what they think of it. Mm. But mm-hmm. when this movie was out in cinemas, it seemed like it was so quick. It was like April or May of of this year, May, yeah. June. And when I tried to look at showtimes, there was like one showtime a day or two a day. And it was only mm. there for a couple of weeks. Mm. And it just seems like... I don't know. It just seems like it was completely fumbled. Yeah. As far as the marketing and and release of this film. Mm. Which is surprising because if it's A24 that are distributing it, they're normally so tight. Yeah. Well, I think the film was supposed to come out last year for one. Yeah. And then uh, they stay longer in the editing room. Um. You know, so you could blame different people for that, but like, I don't know. At the end of the day, it just—I—I I think it—it it could just be too many cooks in the kitchen as far as like, yeah. you know, it gets to a point where it's delayed so long that they're just like, just release it, you know, and then yeah, and they and they've already spent so much money on it, they don't want to put extra money into the marketing, but it just seems so silly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. To not have a grip on that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, again, it's like you're dealing with massive amounts of money. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people have say in, in how, like, when when it comes to that much money, like, how things get released and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But that's that's my theory is just that the marketing was terrible. But also, yeah. it is a really long movie, and it's hard to get people to yeah it's into not, that these yeah. days for some reason. Definitely. Even yeah. though they'll binge watch, you know, twelve hours of a TV show in one sitting. Mm. <laughs> there's there's things definitely that I think probably didn't help. I think the the portrait it paints of America is not an easy one to sit through. Yeah, if you're a you know living there or. <laughs> you know part you know part of the kind of i don't know well I yeah i mean even it, well even for you somebody who you know lived in america for 10 years like you you see 
you you're a hopeful person. You want to yeah. see hope. Yeah. In, in a place like this. And know? there's times where this is how you imagine it to be outside the doors. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And the it's it's all of it. He escapes, you know, the violence when he gets hit by the truck, but he's instantly being fed pills and drugs and he's surrounded by, you know, murder and suicide and it's just you know, it's it's not a America as a whole does not come across very well at you know at any point. Yeah. But um, it but to that point it is uh there is a lot of truth there. And like yeah, yeah. maybe maybe when you go outside it's not like this every day, but there are times like you said where it is like that and it does feel like that. You know, it's not like I don't I don't know that anybody would watch this movie and that that opening sequence with all the people in the streets, you know, see that and say nothing like that as like exists, you know, yeah. that's completely fictional. It's like no, there's been there's been yeah. times where you've walked down the street and you've felt like that yes, yeah. <laughs> was yeah. happening all around you. Um yeah. maybe not every day and right outside your apartment but there's been times i'm sure yeah um and then and then yeah and then just the casualty the casualty not casualty casual nature of the parents when he's um you know you kind of it's it's interesting like with bo's mother she's like so 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 hard on him yeah uh, and you kind of see the effect that that has on him as an adult. And then with the parents that he goes and stays with, with uh, Nathan Lane and Amy... Ryan. Amy Ryan, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're kind of the opposite. You know, they're so... Well, I don't know. They they do yell at their daughter a bit, like, I guess. But And they're also rich, so I don't know. I was going to say they're a lot softer on their daughter, but but then when I think about it, it's like the, mm. when she first comes in, they're like, what are you doing, you know? And It's just a different kind of um, pain being caused. It's the, you know, it's kind of that survivor's thing, isn't it? It's they're pretty much speaking down to her because, she, because their other son, because their son died. Yeah. So she's not going to live up to like his memory, you know? Yeah. Um it's a different kind of hurt, manipulation and pain being caused. Yeah. Um But is it the different um pain that we get from our parents from like a Jewish household and then, you know, a a Christian household? Are these the like parallels that we've got to draw? Is that yeah, but you know, they look more loving on the outside. They take people in and kind of, you know, try and heal them. But in reality, they're still messing up their kids. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. because, it, you know, the, both kids are fucked up, but in different ways. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Bo is just so uh, passive, He, you know, and sweet. He doesn't want to hurt yeah. anyone or anything. Yeah. And this chick is just like, self-destructive wants to inflict pain on everyone yeah you know like four just notice her 
Yeah. Yeah. Like forces him to smoke the joint. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that that's another thing too is like her parents don't notice her, and Bo's mother is just like obsessed with him. Mm hmm. So that's another thing too. Is the, yeah. that, that's a different thing going on there. But, um, but I would say that the daughter is the most horrifying part of this movie to me. She is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. One scene in particular that is horrible to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't want to go over to their house. That's <laughs> no, definitely not. No. But Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan are pretty great. Like when they came in, I was yeah. like, "All right, cool." And Nathan Lane is hilarious. He's just like, yeah. "Hey, my dude." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I really, I really. There's just so much. that I got out of this movie, I think, and that I'm, I'm, st- I'm still going to get from it. Hmm. Like, I can't wait to show other people. Yeah. I, I keep asking people, like, have you watched this yet? Like, mm. and it's only been a few days. That's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not, I don't think I'm just tapped into Ariaster's kind of sense of humor. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I'm just not there with him yeah well this is kind of happening on screen um but i don't i I do think that that the way he makes his films look uh, gorgeous there was times in the film when like the story was kind of great in or i wasn't that interested but just the look of it you know kept me kind of watching the screen i think that's down to his cinematographer um powell pogorelski i butchered that but he's done, you know, Bo's Afraid, Hereditary, and Midsummer. Um, also, mm-hmm. Nobody, which I know you watched and quite liked. Yeah, that was the um, Bob Odenkirk movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the cinematographer for that. But I think that just the way that this looks and the way the camera moves and you know the set designs and stuff is just is brill. There's no one else doing it like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a. A pretty movie to watch. Yeah, I can't find it on. It's got there's a few Blu-rays, but I don't think they've released it on 4K yet. A twenty four normally do their their pack. I, yeah, I wonder if it's like a rights issue. They have to let the studio release it for yeah. like a year because that's the same with Wes Anderson and Criterion. Mm. Like the studio that funds it has to put it out, and then they get the rights to it eventually. Sell all like the that. digital copies, and then yeah. Yeah, so um, I wonder if it's something like that. We'll probably get like a very nice cloth bound twenty four, yeah, yeah, edition out pretty soon. Yeah, I don't know, man. It uh, mm-hmm. this movie got me. Yeah, Bill Hader. I don't think Bill Hader. Great. Yeah, he was. I recognize the voice, but couldn't place it until, until you, you see the back it. of his head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, cool. I know that. I know the back of that head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Parker Posey as well. I always love when she pops up. I think she was great. What do you most know her from? Because, like, 
I did I did recognize her and I you know have seen a few of her uh, yeah. uh, the things that she is in when I was looking at her IMDb but what do you think you know her most from I mean for me growing up in that area is Scream 3 mm, yeah yeah okay you know she was in that um, but I've seen you know a few other stuff that she's been in um, she's worked with Woody Allen a, a few times which yeah, I've seen yeah that's right yeah, yeah. and um and then you've got Mail. Mm. She's in that as well, which Chelsea and I watch quite regularly. So, yeah. you know, there's a few that she pops up in, but I think that she's, you know, she was really good in this. And it's nice seeing a familiar face. How did you feel in that scene where they're having sex? Spoilers. And this is the climax of the movie. Mm. Well, not, well, yeah. yes Trust and no. Words. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel in that scene? Like, cause for me it was like that also was hilarious. Yeah, I just wondered if, cause I know that there was a lot of talk about his father dying after he was conceived, like the moment after, and I wondered that instead of him worrying that if he was to reach the same point, he would die at the same time. If the true is that they have like a something that, that kills after, you know, like coitus. I don't know how to kind of put it into words. That instead of him dying because he ejaculates, if it's more their fam, their bloodline kills who they mate with. Oh, okay, yeah. So the mum, you know, killed the husband, and then he like killed her. But I guess it what it was just like Gone bigger. Girl style. Yeah, <laughs> but because but not with any ill intent. It just kind of happens. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess I wasn't sure what to expect, but I definitely felt the anxiety of like, oh no, he's like about to yeah, die. Yeah. It and was then, kind of mean because there was that point of like him being like, oh, I thought I was going to die and you were like, oh, well, I'm glad you didn't. And then it's like, oh great. Well, she's dead. So <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. also, you know, your mother lied to you your whole life and yeah, yeah. She's really fucked your up. Your life could have been very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't that was a great scene to me. Yeah, it was a good scene. Yeah. <laughs> the build up. The <laughs> climax. <laughs> uh, and then um, what did you make of the last scene? Because to me it was just I know that it's a very literal translation, but that with him with his boat capsizing, that was like him kind of ending it himself. Like he was going under with all this pressure. Yeah, I guess because that shot of him walking out to the boat, like holy yeah. shit, like yeah. his face and that mm. that shot. Um. Yeah, he's definitely snapped. Yeah, it's like all this has just reached a point where it's the end. And yeah, it's like all the things that his like you know his mother standing there and it and, yeah. and just all the thing. It's just guilt. It's all the yeah. guilt. Like you know. And that I guess that's the point I was trying to make. It's like some parents parent with guilt. Like mm-hmm. that's how they motivate their kid to do things is by guilting them. Yeah. And it's not healthy. It obviously. Isn't. No. <laughs> you know, it's like but so many parents do it and it's just like what you know, and maybe yeah. their parents did it to them kind of a thing, but yeah. it's just like yeah. Especially for, 
I don't know. I think some people, some people, well, I think all humans are capable of, of all human emotions, but some, yeah. some people, um, take, take that guilt and just carry it around like a huge yeah. weight. And then some people, you know, go the other way with it and they just, they don't feel guilty about anything. Yeah. You know, because they yeah. know that it's just going to weigh them down or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. and I think both directions are, you're going to end up being a bad person. Yeah. If you go the extreme of both ways, but like, but yeah, it's just all the guilt. And then, yeah, the final scene is just him, him running back through his head, all the things that <laughs> he feels guilty about. Yeah. And I guess that's what it is. I I think I think I wasn't quite sure what to make of the last scene. When the boat capsizes, it does take a really long time for the credits to start, and I was like, "What's yeah. happening?" <laughs> that was the only part of the movie where I was like, "Okay, um, yeah, hello, hello, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> What's next? And then the credits started, and I was like, okay, I guess that's fine. But, like, it took you a minute. Yeah. Every time you got on the phone, I knew that we were in for, like, 10 minutes of, like, just the most plodding <laughs> film. You know, it was like every time you got on the phone, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> Let's just keep this moving. Because yeah. it always came at, like, a time of, you know, high stakes. And then it would just slow everything right down again yeah yeah I, I guess i mean to me you know and i know it's hard to it's not fair to kind of put it in the same bracket as films like this but when you watch films like seven samurai that's that, that are long it feels like every moment in that film is earned and it like is a necessary for the plot whereas this i thought there was times when i was like this this could just be so much tight this could like let's get moving come on let's get on with mm, it yeah you know yeah. I don't know if that was just generally my impatient, you know, with the film as a whole kind of coming through. Yeah. And just wanting it to, you know, get, you know, hurry up a little bit and get to the end. But yeah, I just thought that we could, there was a bit, you know, we could have used an editor. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, it didn't bother me. Uh, it, yeah. Two hours in, you know, still had an hour left. I was getting a little sleepy and I was like, maybe I'll. Yeah turn this off and finish it tomorrow. And then I ended up finishing it. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I think I just, it was kind of opposite for me. I enjoyed yeah. all of it. and was intrigued. It's just cool. like sucked in. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you're probably not alone though. You know, I think yeah. there's, there's, you know, uh, plenty of people out there that this movie didn't, quite land with yeah so i still think hereditary is, is his best yeah did you watch the director's cut of midsummer or the theatrical mm, maybe the theatrical i'm not sure now it was the one that was on a streaming service yeah i watched so probably theatrical. i mean i watched it in cinemas i haven't rewatched yeah. it since uh yeah it's been out so i i don't think i've watched the director's cut but um I can I do want to watch it and see if it's different or what yeah. I think about it. 
But yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want to guess what we each rated the film? Yeah. On I Letterboxd. Do. I, I do think that this will be one of the more um diverse ratings. Normally we're pretty close. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that you rated this four and a half. I'm going to say you rated it three. Mm. I rated it two and a half. Wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty low. Yeah. For you, I think. But uh, I don't know. Maybe you'll change your mind later. Yeah. Maybe. But that just happens sometimes. Like, so you don't yeah, click it with just every didn't... kind of film or every kind of filmmaker. That's it. And I was kind of not, I don't want to say I was beating myself up about it, but I was a bit like, like should I really, should I be liking this? And I was like, well, I didn't. I don't know why I'm. Yeah, you, you know, like what you like. To, yeah. And like I said, the, the first half an hour, 45 minutes did really work and it's really beautiful to look at. But I just wasn't entertained by it. Yeah. You know? And then when it ended, I was kind of like, oh, I'm glad it's done. Yeah. Which I shouldn't feel like, you know? But that's just, hey, every person has different experiences. Um. So what did you rate it? I did rate it four and a half. Okay, cool. I think it'll probably go up to five. Yeah. Um, On the next few watches. Sweet. But yeah, man, I I liked it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, letterboxed, get on it, people. Yeah. Um, Let us know if it if I want to know if people are as diverse as us, whether it is kind of down the middle or whether anyone that listens to Film Church is siding with one of us in particular. Because yeah. I think it's pro- they're probably more likely to side with you. Well, I know my cousin is. <laughs> yeah. Because Ari Aster is definitely a poster boy of, like, the film bros in the best possible way. Mm. I'm not saying yeah. that... Ugh, that sounded like it was a, a bad thing. You know, but, like, the new kind of A24-inspired, like, dedication to film. Yeah. You know... Ari Aster is kind of the the focal figure of that movement, I would say. What is the kid's name? We need to talk about him for a second, because that is not DH Joaquin Phoenix. No, it isn't. It's an Armin actual... Nahapitian. Armin Nahapitian? Yeah, I think so. Teen Bow. <laughs> that sounds like a magazine <laughs> I can remember that yeah there was a big thing like when he started doing press for it and people were like wait a minute <laughs> Yeah, I, I like, honestly thought this was like you know computer generated uh huh yeah but it isn't so when I get on Letterboxd and I look at some reviews uh, Silent Dawn gave it two and a half just like you yeah uh, Randall Patty gave it two and a half, who I worked with at Alamo Draft House. Oh, cool. Um, Mitch, friend of the show, gave it four. Mm. Said, cool. I'm going to be one of those weirdos who says this is Ari Aster's best film. 
a rich and psychological epic overflowing with symbolism that will take some time to fully process. Um, yeah, Mitch, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, the average rating is 3.5. So I think it, I think it's kind of split. Yeah. Jesus motor ape said self-indulgent wank. <laughs> Two stars. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, Drew Phillips 09 five stars. So my grandpa ate half a quart of paint today thinking it was thinking it was yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like is it is that true or, or is that a joke cuz I really hope it's a joke. Yeah. God, I hope it's a joke. Maybe he had, maybe he lost his taste buds from COVID. Maybe. Remember when that was everywhere? COVID? (laughs) (laughs) Still is. (laughs) Sucked. Just don't talk about it anymore. Uh, Anyway. um, So, so, yeah, next week. 100 episodes. Episode 100, dude. I know. Here we are. Um,. What are we doing? Well, this it's going to be classed as my pick, but it's kind of something that we both decided on. And let's face it, if there was a film that I was going to pick for our 100th, it's pretty likely to be this. Um, to finish off our month of horror and to celebrate 100 episodes, we are going to be watching Psycho. Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 horror classic that pretty much welcomed in the slasher genre. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah it it's great it definitely watch it come and listen to us talk about it celebrate our birthday or our 100th episode birthday <laughs> um two years <laughs> we'll be here talking about it you should too join us next yes. week um but that brings us to the end of the show and of course you can find us on all the social medias at Film Church Radio or you can follow us follow us individually on our letterboxes I'm at Selmascope and Lewis is at Walker Lewis 3007 there you can keep up with what we've been watching on a daily basis we also have all of our back episodes streaming on Barbie's back and all good podcast platforms so please leave us a rating and review so we know if you liked the film and if you didn't Tell us why and what you would want us to watch in the future. You can also send us questions. Um, mm. Film-related you... questions. Yeah. Is there anything you want to know about Psycho next week? Anything you want us to talk about? Send it in. Thank you for being here, and we hope to see you next Sunday for more Film Church Radio. The only thing left to say is... I accidentally drank mouthwash Friday night. You can't get stomach cancer that way? Not from one time. I drank a mouthful a couple of weeks ago, too. I'm sure it's fine. Amen. Amen.